Welcome to Parents Take 5, where we take five minutes of your day to share parenting and family tips that help you grow in faith. Here, we come to you in your car, through your headphones, on the go, while chasing your kiddos or texting your youth, wherever you need a little support in your day. I'm Jen Evans, currently serving as Associate Pastor for Youth, Young Adults, and Families with Young Children at Second Presbyterian Church in Little Rock, and your host. If you have any questions or have ideas, you can find the Facebook group for podcast listeners by searching for Parents Take 5, that's F-I-V-E, and the same is true for Instagram. With that said, I hope you enjoy this moment of sanity and growth catalyst. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel for more tidbits on the fives. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. We're so glad to have everyone with us again today. You are in for a ride because we have a special guest, Katie Stenta, with us today. Um, And Katie is a recent friend, I would say, that um, I have found on Facebook, and we have many mutual friends. But I have become quite the groupie of her writings um, that she has online, and I'm sure she can tell us a little bit about those, but she wrote, she writes these beautiful prayers and um, really just brings to words the things that are on our hearts and our minds that many of us, including myself, have a hard time of finding those things. So Katie, I'm grateful for that. Um, And you're also a mom. Yep. (laughs) You do all the things. Yes, I know all the things, and I try to do all the things. (laughs) And my understanding is you have a special needs child. Yes, yes. So I have three boys. My eldest is 12, my middle son is 10, and my youngest is 8. They all have varied learning disabilities. Um, The other two are so light compared to the the middle kid. My middle kid, Wesley, has autism and is primarily nonverbal. Um, so, you know, that's a whole learning experience to learn how to do that. And then my eldest has ADD and presents as neurotypical, which has its own fun issues. And my youngest so far only has speech, um, but we have suspicion that he has dyslexia or dysgraphia, um, cause we've got a lot of trouble reading. Uh, so yeah, you know, I, I'm learning lots, God is teaching me lots of flexibility because that's what disability parenting is. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Well, I think you're a beautiful parent. Oh, you're absolutely you. <laughs> wonderful um, at what you do. Every time I have interacted with you, you are just so grace filled with your children. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me a little bit about what parenting um, looks like for you along your faith journey? Parenting has um, completely reconfigured my priorities, which um, is interesting because I think everyone's going through a little bit of that right now, uh, right in this time. Um, But, you know, our first kid, we were like, oh, and we didn't think we were that pushy. Uh, You know, we were in Princeton and there were some parents who I like to call the flashcard parents who are flashcarding their three-year-olds and teaching them to read early. And, you know, it, it's a beautiful thing if your kid can do it. And we were like, no, 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 we're not doing that. You know? So we thought we were fairly laid back. Um, but when Wesley was born and, you know, uh, 
kids with autism present fairly normally until they're about two and start eating solid food. And now think it's attached to the gut, which is interesting biblically because we have a lot of things about the Bible, about guts, mm -hmm. and how important guts are. Um, but yeah, and he, he was very, he started losing words very quickly and he started doing things differently. And we had to be like, okay, it's not about achieving and it's not about um, being the best parent anymore which we didn't know we were trying to be the best parent, but we were trying to be the best, my husband and I were trying to be the best parents because I think every parent's trying to be the best parent. Um, I also feel like it, it is your job to feel like every single child you have is the best child in the universe. And that's okay as long as you realize everyone else is, feels the same way, right? Like if you're like, my kid is the best and you're like, but I understand that you think your kid's the best. I think it works well. Um, I think if we don't have that mutual understanding, we run into problems about, well, my parenting's better than your parenting, but you know, that's our job to think every kid is the best. Um, and really reconfigure to, is my kid happy? Is my kid feeling loved? Is my kid relatively healthy, right? That whole, like, are we keeping them alive? <laughs> yes. Are we keeping them alive? We've got some very low priorities. And I thought I was easy going before. Um, but I would say, oh, I thought I was an easygoing parent. Then I had three kids. Then I had special needs. Now I'm a really easygoing parent, right? Like some of the things that stress people, I'm like, can't do that. And I really do have to trust on God because I could worry about my kids, especially Wesley, 24-7. I could worry about every single thing that's going on. And I have to choose, consciously choose not to worry about my kids all the time. Um, which is kind of countercultural these days, right? I mean, there's a lot of, here's what you should be worried about with your children. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Well, oftentimes it doesn't apply or it doesn't help my health uh, or my kid to worry about those things. Like, I can't worry about when Wesley's reading, although I'm worrying about when Wesley's going to read, right? Like, but you try not, you try to say, nope, my job's not actually to worry about that. My, my job is to support him where he is and try to get him to the next step. So yeah, it's taught me a lot about kind of um, what my priorities are and how to deal with wor with worry, you know, as a parent. Yeah. Um, um, but trying not to let that take over the parenting or have that be the baseline of every parenting interaction. It's really a huge part of how we try to kind of interact with our kids and figure it out. So. I love that. Um, tell me what faith formation looks like in your house. Like, how do you do that as a family or what, what does that look yeah. like? Um, so, yeah, so it's, you know, going to church on Sunday, a lot of kind of table talk conversations about who God is, who God loves. Um, and then I like to do like, I like to think of myself as sneaky, sneaky ninja Christian where I talk about things kind of. Um, in day-to-day -day integrated conversations and I don't say this is what God thinks we just talk about like oh well how's that play out and so that's really good for verbal kids and then for my middle kid um, for autistic kids ritual is super important um, all the ritual things we do right help kind of mark their days and understand what's going on and you know, the more you look at our own human behavior, especially now when we're missing our rituals, we're like, oh, this is the same for everyone. Like, we all wish it. And I've, I've learned a lot from him, too. Um, 
when he takes communion, it is one of the most beautiful moments in the, in the world because he takes the bread and then we hold the cup and he is anticipating the cup moment. He is like holding it. He's quivering. He's not thinking about shopping lists. He's not thinking about anything else. And he gets that this is something he's doing in community, just like everyone else. And that he is part of the community. And I'm like, who needs to understand more about communion than that? Like he, he totally gets it. And then when we drink it together, he's like, oh, I'm part of the community, right? He gets that part. It's amazing. And I'm like, oh, see, and here we are trying, trying to do, achieve what he can kind of naturally do. Um, and then um, pretty much all autistic kids walk in circles to soothe themselves. You know, it's a very ritualistic thing and they do it over and over again. And sometimes they do it because it's nice and it's just a nice day. And some days they're like really riled up and so like, I do more and more circles. I can't tell you how long it took me. And we were walking around the local campus and we were hanging out at the chaplain house because I know the chaplain, you know, hanging out at the chaplain place at the, at the university. And we started walking the labyrinth and I thought, oh, he does this every day. The thing we try to do when we walk labyrinths to try to calm our minds and get spiritual and get in touch with God and unwrap the current problems. Kids with autism, they just do it naturally. We're trying to learn what they're doing. Um, so there's, I do feel like a mutual, there's a mutual learning environment in every family. And I know every parent has experienced this where they learn about faith from like their kids and they're like, Oh my gosh, their wonder. I forgot to wonder at things. <laughs> I, forgot. Amen. I forgot this really hard question that this kid now asked me that now I have to <laughs> <laughs> sort out on my own what that means and how that works and where it is. And, um, and so, you know, the special needs or dis disability parenting just adds a deeper level to all that, right? And you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. I, all right, you know, I don't have to understand the labyrinth to talk the labyrinth, or I don't have to completely understand all the confessions and all the faiths to be part of communion, right? I don't even have to be verbal to do it. Um, and, oh yeah, that's why humans like ritual. It's very soothing. And part of why we practice is because the more we practice stuff, the more comfortable we are with God. Cause God's a big, scary, confusing, mysterious thing with love that is overwhelming, which is amazing. And so we have to practice because we can't, we can't take it all in in one sitting. We can't take it all in in one moment. Um, so yeah, so, you know, there's been kind of that kind of piece um, and when we talk about faith, we do try to talk about where people are in different places and uh, why they believe what they believe and how that works and all that kind of stuff. I hope that you've enjoyed having a few minutes to help you recenter, refocus, and reflect on family and faith. As you think of questions or ideas that you'd like for me to explore on the podcast, check out Instagram and the Facebook group to reach me. I hope that you'll take five with us again.